Hi everyone, this is Tim Martinez, MPEC Healthcare's uh, co-founder and CEO. I'm happy to share with you all that I'll be conducting a weekly interview style employee spotlight uh, so that we can all get to know each other a little bit better and hear directly from the amazing people that make up this organization. I'm excited to, to, to do these interviews and I hope uh, you enjoy them. This week's spotlight is on Max Frankel, former Chicagoland LCSW, now member of the Boomerang Club and licensed clinical social worker in Los Angeles. Let's get to know Max. Hey, Tim. What's going on, Max? Uh, uh, nothing much. How you doing? I'm well. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Welcome back to MPAC. Thank you. Excited to be back. And especially since your new location is a little bit warmer than your former one, I'm sure. Yes. Enjoying it a lot. <laughs> I can see out your window and you should be enjoying it because yes. it, it's single digits and I think uh, below zero with the windshield today here. So. Oh, man. Yeah. I try not to talk too much about the weather with my <laughs> Chicago friends because they just end up hating me. So. I, um, I understand that sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm going to hit you with some really hard charging uh, questions. It's going to be a really, really intense interview. Um, no, just kidding. Um, I'm really just going to ask you a couple of questions about your experience um, with MPEC. You obviously more than others um, have a unique path um, here and then back here. So just for everybody to get to know a little bit about you and know who you are. So that's it. Great. Excited to get started. Never awesome. been on a podcast. No. All right. No. Well, this this was is not nationally syndicated yet, but we're, working <laughs> we're hopefully one day. We're we're looking for sponsors and um, trying to trying to generate some ad revenue, but we're not, we're not there quite yet. <laughs> All right, my first question, and this is um, going to be a little unique to you. I generally ask, you know, what was your experience like um, in terms of like the interview process, and ultimately, like what made you decide uh, to come to MPAC for those of you who don't know you or aren't familiar, um, you did live in Chicago. You joined MPAC um, a couple of years ago. You decided to leave and recently relocated to the LA area and, um, and have returned. So maybe tell me about um, you know, the, the, the first time you, you joined us and, um, and ultimately why you decided to come back. So going back, way back, in uh, senior year uh, of college at Indiana, I was a philosophy major and uh, I was about to graduate and I didn't know what to do with my life. And I already took some psychology classes and I really liked psychology. And I decided that I was gonna pick up another major and say a fifth year and do a victory lap and explore the psychology route. Um, so I did that. And with that, I also volunteered in hospice. So that fifth year, took some psychology courses, did a social psychology lab, did research and volunteered at a hospice. I went to nursing homes and I met with patients one-on-one. -on -one. And I love that. I love that work. And you get to sit down one-on-one -on -one with them. And death is a very profound experience that really cuts through all the small talk. I mean, you get down to what's really important in their life and 
a lot of people shy away from death. Yep. And I was I was always one that was attracted to those intimate conversations. I I really loved it. So that was really a gift to me. I was I was like, wow, that was an amazing experience. You know, I want to continue this. I want to get into psychotherapy. I love psychology. So that that led me into my profession and led me into healthcare. And then I think my first job, I worked in guardianship um, after grad school, and I was visiting patients in long-term care facilities and trying to advocate for them. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I saw was that they were dealing with all sorts of issues. So they lost their lost their home. Yep. They you know they're, they're transitioning into this new home. Yep. They they're retiring. They're dealing with uh, major medical events that have uh, impaired their physical functioning. Mm-hmm. They're they're losing their sense of privacy, yep. and and in addition to that, <laughs> these nursing homes have become they're not just your grandma who broke her hip. I mean, they're community mental health centers. You're dealing with all all sorts of disorders and diagnoses and backgrounds. And what the nursing homes have to to do to deal with that, you know, they're really overworked. I mean, staff don't have the ability to sit down. They don't have the time to sit down 30 to 60 minutes with the patient and work all this stuff out. And so what you see often, what I saw, and I think it's helpful to have psychotropics, but it's also helpful to have someone to to talk to. Um, And that, and so there's really this kind of only the one route with the psychotropics and you have some supports, but they don't really have much time on their hands. And I didn't know a company like Impact existed when I was doing this work. I didn't, I didn't know psychotherapy was in these nursing homes. I had heard, I had heard of in-home psychotherapy, never psychotherapy in long-term care settings. So that, that was really amazing. I mean, like I, I think, you know, having clinicians who are trained uh, working with, uh, you know, this diverse population who have the time to sit down and work some of this stuff out and actually hear the patient and give them the time to, to, to speak their mind and to grow. I, I, that's why I was attracted to impact. Awesome. Um, so I think that may get me into my next question or your next question is like, um, you were talking about like, uh, the interview process and kind of why did I come back? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, let's stop there for a second. And yeah, I I appreciate you giving that background and, and I mean, you laid it out perfectly. This is exactly the challenges that exist in the space and exactly why we exist. Right. And, um, depending on the year you were doing that, we, we may or may not exist it. Right. We've, we, we started in 2014 and the LCSW program got rolled out in 2018. So for us, we, we kind of noticed the same things as we were addressing patients' medical needs. It was, what about the mental health? Who's addressing that? And from our perspective, yeah, there were some groups doing it. There were some psychologists that were kind of, you know, rounding through, but they really weren't dedicated to, to really the true needs of the patients. And that's exactly why we created the program. So I appreciate you highlighting that. It's, it's, it's almost validating to be like, that's right. It is important uh-huh. and we are doing good work. So I appreciate that. <laughs> so now let's get to my other question is, you know, you, you did leave us for, for a bit and you're now back. What, what brought you back? So when I left Impact, it was an extremely hard decision. I never left a company that I liked so much. So it was, it was, there was another opportunity. It was actually with another psychotherapy provider in the long-term care setting. 
-hmm. and it was a really tough decision to leave. And what, what I realized when I left was that, and I think this is something that the company preaches a lot, but it's core values. Um, I didn't really get that at, at other companies. I didn't get this fun, loving kind of cohesive culture. And I think what you're saying, like with these interviews, right, is, is kind of bringing the company together. So it's, it's hard when you have providers in all these different nursing homes to, to function as a company and to feel cohesive and to feel yeah. like there's a culture. And that's a really hard thing to do. And I think Impact does that really well. I just got back from uh, a weekend in Palm Springs. I mean, that was so much fun. And I don't know any other companies that do that. Usually these company parties and company get togethers are kind of a drag. And I really do enjoy them <laughs> with, with Impact. I mean, you know, we, we, we got to know each other on a personal level. You know, we had, we had wine, we had great food, we did karaoke. It was very casual um, and a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I think just the small things, like during my interview process, my first, my first interview process, I remember Anne um, and Katie were asking me all these questions about, oh, what's your favorite snack? What's your favorite? All this. I'm like, okay, you know, these icebreakers. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what's the point of this? And then they got a little care package, you know what I mean? Like at the end of orientation, I thought that, you know, the small things they, yeah. they do add up to. And I also think, you know, the other psychotherapy provider was just mental health that I worked at. Yeah. And I do think it's beneficial to have the, the NPs and also the social workers together. I mean, I worked at um, Chicago Symphony West with Colleen Monks, a nurse yeah. practitioner, and we really fed off each other. I mean, I would kind of tell her, oh, this, this medical concern popped up during a session, and she would tell me, you know, this person's really struggling with their anxiety, and we would just, it was great. And also with the ACP, Advanced Care Planning, that's oh. like a perfect team to kind of kick that off with. Absolutely. So I think, I think those, and now I'm working with Gloria at KI, you know, she's an MP out there. Um, So, you know, and in addition to, you know, the collaboration with the nurse practitioners, you also have, you know, the, you know, the HUKU group chats, which people participate in. I mean, I get, I get valuable feedback. I just, I just sent a message on the HUKU chat to the LCSW group chat about, I had a patient who was nonverbal and she couldn't write. And I said, how do I do a cognitive assessment? And Tom Cicero was out there and he said, Oh, I had something like that before, you know, here's, here's what, here's how you assess. And so that's like extremely helpful. And that wasn't something I was necessarily getting. We didn't have a group chat at this other company. We didn't have, you know, those resources. So like to be supported like that, um, at a company that's so spaced about, that's, yep. that's a really special thing. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you highlighting that as well. I mean, you're, you're hitting on all the things that we, we hold um, very close to, to our hearts about what we think is important. You know, what kind of company do we want to be? The people that we want to attract. And, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to attract the very, very best, right. And, and retain and uh, provide the things that are important to people. And, you know, we have limitations, you know, I know compensation is something that comes up a lot and our revenues are mandated by payers, right? They tell us what they're going to pay us, what they think our services are worth. And so we have to work within the constraints of like what we think that is to have a viable business, to continue our mission, to continue to grow. And so 
Um, that's always the biggest and most challenging part. However, there's things that we can do that are not tied to monetary right returns that we think are value, the flexibility and the support and the autonomy and, and everything else and, and being almost like a family and doing those small things that um, ultimately I think makes going to work and being at work um, better than just, you know, I have a job and I have to work and I have to earn a living. It's, you know, I like what I do. I like the people I do it with. And I think that's ultimately what we all um, hopefully are looking for. And if, and if not, then it's not a good fit for the people that aren't looking for that, right? We're, we're not going to be a sure. good fit. If it's, if it's, if that's not important to, to everybody and it's not, then, then impact's not the right place for them. But we want to, we want to bring the people in that, um, that see things the same way we do. So um, that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I appreciate you, you highlighting that. So <clears throat> I'm going to pivot to our, my next question. And I think um, I'm excited to hear your answer because you're obviously very passionate about what you do based on the background you gave, right? And <clears throat> can you give me an example or share with me um, something that's been meaningful for you, a patient interaction, maybe a patient in their family, whatever it's been, that's been really meaningful for you that you've been a part of during your time at Impact. So I think the most profound, you know, experiences are usually with the, the patients that are most resistant. So I'm <laughs> going to tell you a story about a resistant patient. Yeah. So I started seeing this guy. He was uh, about 60 years old, African-American. He had COPD and it really progressed and it was really limiting him. He had to be isolated in his own room. Uh, because he needed to use his oxygen machine, machine without his mask. And he had trouble speaking in full sentences or walking without getting winded. And that was a big change from where he was functioning at before. Sure. And he was pretty independent. He didn't have a lot of these breathing issues. So I, I got a referral to see him and I saw him. And usually in the first session, I, I'm just trying to get to know the patient better. So, uh, so um, an exercise I tend to do is it's called a dialectical behavioral therapy house. And what we're doing together is we're, we're building a house. And this usually goes great for me. It usually opens up all sorts of doors and we explore values and we explore goals and strengths and coping mechanisms and supports. And he just wasn't having it. He did not want to, he did not want to open up about this to a new person. Yeah. So, okay. So in social work, we're told, you know, roll with the resistance. So, okay. There was some resistance. I got to change my approach here. So I validated, okay, it's hard to open up to someone new. I get that. I said, let's just keep it casual. Let me just come here. We'll check in. Let's do something you like to do. So we talked about what he likes to do. He likes to play chess. I had a chess board. I had learned to play chess in the nursing home. So I suggested, why don't I just come? We'll check in, see how everything's doing, and we'll play chess together, and we can talk. And so he agreed to that. And we were playing we were playing chess. I would come to the room. I would ask, oh, you know, how how you doing? Is there anything on your mind? You know, usually I wouldn't get too much. You know, what did you do this weekend? You know, um, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of supports are you uh, leaning on? Right? Like, who did you see this weekend? And these are all what my initial supervisor, Heather Bugard, she would tell me is called sneaky therapy. You would try to <laughs> sneak therapy in. And so what I'm really doing is I'm just trying to get, okay, what's on his mind? Yeah. You know, what supports is he utilizing? What coping skills is he utilizing? Trying to, you know, um, evoke his strengths, right, to build on. And he wasn't opening up too much, but he was opening up just enough to, to continue on and 
to continue building report. And we played chess together and I would win some games and he would win some games. And he would tell me, how about this strategy? What are you doing here? He would, he liked it. I mean, he yeah. enjoyed it. Okay. So three months in, I'm due for a quarterly assessment. So I asked him all these questions about his depression and he didn't, I don't think he really identified as having depression. So I was asking him all these questions and he was getting very resistant again. Um, and he was saying, well, why are you asking me these questions? Do you think I'm depressed? I said, I got to ask everyone these questions, right? This, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, you know, see, see how you're feeling and, and touch base with you. And it, it was another tough session. And then, you know, then we played chess and we talked a little bit and it was okay. And then I came back the next session. We, we checked in, we played chess. And at the end of the session, he says, what was that depression thing you were talking about yesterday? What is that? And I explained to him what depression, clinical depression is. You know, yeah. you, you got some depressed mood. Maybe there's some apathy or you got this low motivation to do things. It can affect your sleep and it can affect your appetite and all this stuff. And I explained to him what, what depression was. And he says, yeah, I think I may have that. And like that was, that was, it opened up a huge door for me there because I had been trying to get into this guy's head, yeah. you know, and get into, and get into how he's feeling for three months. And finally yeah. he opens up and he tells me, you know, I, I've never done therapy before. I don't open up about my feelings in my culture. That's weak. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm, you know, a black man in my culture at least in my community, that's a sign of weakness, right? We keep that stuff to ourselves. Yeah. And I said, you know, I validated him for that. And I said, it's not easy to open up. And I appreciate him opening up. And I thought that was a real strength. And it showed a lot of courage. And we started talking about how he's been feeling and it and how did how to cope with it. Yeah. So that to me was like, wow, what I'm doing is working. They talk about the rapport is the most important thing in therapy, therapeutic rapport, other, more so than any other intervention you do, any cognitive behavioral or any psychodynamic, you have to develop rapport with your patient or else nothing can really go from there. So that was a sign to me that like this person-centered approach, it works. Yep. That's awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's, uh, that's incredible. And right, the old adage of like nothing easy, you know, nothing easy or nothing hard whatever the adage is, nothing easy is worth doing. Right. Um, and that's kind of the same approach we took when we decided to tackle this space. The space is really, really difficult, um, to work in, right. There's the challenges you identified earlier with staff, right. They're, they're always overworked. Uh, these, these buildings are generally understaffed. They're caring for a lot of patients. The patients are transitioning right out of homes. They've potentially lived in their entire lives. If they're losing loved ones, losing independence, it's a really, really challenging space, but we felt like something could be done and could be done better, which is exactly why we decided to tackle it. And um, it's still not easy. Um, however, if we can go out there and find the maxes, even though, you know, even though we might need to lose them and, and get them back, <laughs> who are passionate about the space and like willing to do the work and, and continue to build this team and put more people in the boat with the oar in their hand, um, we believe that we can make and we're making real, real change. So with that, my final question is, I know you did leave us, but yes. you've, you've come back. Um, this time, what keeps you here? <laughs> what keeps me here? You know, I'm really excited for the growth in California. You know, I'm the, I'm the only LCSW out here right now. I know we got a few NPs. I'm really excited about the, the growth of the company. I know 
Jennifer, you know, my, my RCM has talked about that and she's really excited and I'm really excited about the future. I mean, I, I want to grow in this company. Uh, I would love the ability to supervise and to, you know, be a guidance to, to new clinicians coming through who are passionate. And, you know, I really, I really believe in the values that impact has. And I think it's, it's a, it's a fun environment. It's a hard, it's a hard environment, but it's, it's gotta be fun because other, you know, otherwise it's hard to get through on your own. So that's what keeps me here. I think. hundred percent. Awesome. Good. Well, there is a lot of growth coming. Um, I've, I've mentioned this in previous uh, podcasts, but I've talked about a lot internally, the conversations that I'm having with clients and prospective clients today are very different than the conversations I was having pre-pandemic. Um, I think there's no getting around the fact that these, these communities need additional support, right? And what better way to get it than to just partner with us? Like here's, here's a nurse practitioner to address the medical needs of your patient population. Here's a clinical social worker to address the mental health needs of your patient population. Here's a communication platform, right? To get us all on the same page and extend our services to you in the evenings and weekends. Like what else do you, you know, what else could you ask for except for additional programs that we're working on, right? We, we think psych is something that we can do really well because we have such that, you know, high presence LCSW and NP model. We think, remote psych support for the med management and GDRs is, is something that we can, we can do well and, and working on that. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of growth coming and especially out in California, we're having lots and lots of conversations out there, including a very big one tomorrow. So I'll actually be in your neck of the woods tomorrow. Um, oh, great. Yeah. And, and we are, we are big proponents of, of growing our team internally and providing opportunities for growth. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're back. Welcome back again. And, um, happy to see the California team grow and, and see everybody grow professionally. So, um, yeah, appreciate your contributions and being part of the team. Thanks so much, Tim. Yeah, this is the longest conversation I've had with any CEO. So I appreciate what you're doing <laughs> here to, to get to know your employees. It's, it's great. A lot of companies should do this. I mean, look, it, it arms me with, with information when I go and talk to clients. They're like, how, how are your services beneficial? What exactly do you do? Are you kidding me? I have a thousand examples of how your <laughs> patients are benefiting from the work that our people are doing. This is, yeah. this, this is a no-brainer. This is time well spent. And, and also just to be able to personally thank you for being a part of the team and um, is important as well. So um, I appreciate your time and uh, sharing your, your thoughts and experiences with me. Thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate it. All right, man. Well, hope to see you in person uh, at, at some point now that uh, hopefully things are, are calming down with, with, with COVID. But uh, um, yeah, good chatting with you. You too, Tim. Take care. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Bye.